Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 72 of The Operating Room. I'm your host, Kev Master Red John, a.k.a. at Rotosurgeon from Twitter. And with me today to talk some fantasy baseball. We're officially making that full transition. I brought it up last week. No more fantasy football. This is all fantasy baseball going forward until, you know, until that's over. So with me today is Jeff Erickson at Jeff underscore Erickson on Twitter. He is Rotowire senior editor host of rotowire fantasy sports today on sirius xm and you guys actually just launched the uh fantasy baseball pod so how'd that go with you and scott jenstad recently oh uh, we did that last night um i was super excited scott was super bummed out i'm a Bengals fan he's a niners fan uh but we are super excited to talk baseball though too and, and james anderson i just want to make, give james the proper due he's been doing every single week he's been doing a baseball pod during the off season so we left some lights on now all the lights are getting flipped back on uh in particular you should check out james's uh recent episode with phil duso epic and awesome and james is the man so check that out but uh dude that, let's get right down to it we're flying high right now we're talking baseball and we're, our football teams are in the super bowl life is Absolutely. good Mm-hmm. I'm a Rams fan. Jeff over here is a Bengals fan, but Jeff lives in LA. So he gets uh, kind of the best of both worlds here. Like, would you have been, you know, say the Bengals didn't make it. Would you be rooting for the Rams right now? Uh, no, probably not. But that's because my family are Chiefs fans. My brother and my parents are both Chiefs fans. I went to high school in Wichita, Kansas, but I, I grew up in Indiana. I moved there, moved to Kansas when I was a sophomore in high school. I was already a Bengals fan before the Colts were even in Indy. Uh, yeah, I was like 12 when they moved to Indy. And it was under the, you know, the, the dark at night, the Mayflower vans and all that. And Ursay was just this awful, terrible owner. So it was easy to just stay a Bengals fan. Um, so I've been through some pretty tar- hard times, my friend. And, you know, I, but I, I do like the Chiefs. Um, I have nothing against the Rams. In fact, I, I, I heard someone today saying, well, the Rams are trying to buy a championship. You know, we should all be so lucky to have our, for sports franchise owners trying to buy a championship. That's what we're here for. They wanting to win. It's that desire to win. It's none of this. Oh, you know, dollars spent per win. No, screw that noise. I want to win. And that uh, good for the Rams for doing that there. I understand there's a selling your future out, but you've got a hell of a core. You've got a present. They got rewarded for that. I, I you know, they, they went out, they needed OBJ. They got them. That was smart. Mm-hmm. It was free. OBJ was free. I know. That didn't even cost Von Miller. Cost. Von, Von Miller, Miller cost a lot. Yeah. But still. I, no, no. Worth what it. did Von Miller cost? Like a two, second two, round pick? Two second round picks. That's And, and yeah, the Rams are like, hey, we we care about the draft so little. We're going to draft 2-2 at well. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, you know, forget that. You know, we don't care about the draft. But it's, at some point, you figure that might matter. But, man, they could have even drafted someone they could have used this year in that second round pick. But, uh, <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine drafting players who can help you instead of just like guys around the margins and it, their best picks are like on day three. Like they have yeah. second round picks. They just don't know how to use them. And I, you know, not want to say it's an old adage, but it gets kind of like overused on Twitter. The, the Rams are better off trading their picks. It kind of, it's true. 
you know, as much as you would prefer to have picks, I'd prefer to have elite level talents, but you know, back to the Bengals though, Joe Burrow in his second year coming off of a torn ACL. I, I mean, I know we're talking about football. We didn't mean to, I know he said, fa- I know he said fantasy baseball, but this is a big moment for, you know, both of us right now, because, you know, at least the Rams, they were there a few years ago and I've only been a Rams fan for five years. So this feels a little disingenuous, but you know, I've been looking for a fandom my whole life. I didn't have an LA team. I've, I'm born and raised in LA. I didn't have a team, but you know, you as a Bengals fan, it's uh, the eighties were the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, right? Correct. Uh, January of 89. So the 88 regular season. Um, and, you know, of course we lost to the Niners. We lost them in 81 as well. And both were painfully close and just painful period. Uh, and then, uh, so yeah, it means a ton. It, it is. And it's, a, and the best part about this is it was unexpected. You know, I, my, my expectations going this year, six, seven, maybe wins this year. I, I wasn't that optimistic. I knew they were turning the right corner and doing, doing some things that were smart. But man, it all gelled. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you guys won 10 games. This is the thing. It wasn't even that. It was a great season offensively. But in terms of, you know, you didn't have the bye. You were you had to play the number one seed in the second round. It, it just, everything kind of worked out. And that's just how these things happen. And it's incredible. The Rams, at least, the expectations were there. And they achieved them. You know, they made yeah. the trades. They did all that. The Bengals, though, like, top five pick last year. Top, yeah, top five pick. They got Jamar Chase, and I mean, lo and behold, a bunch of signings and a couple trades on defense, and it clicked. No, I thought they were, I'm going to be honest, I thought they were one of the worst teams in the, uh, going into the season just because of Joe Burrow and his leg. I didn't think he would be capable of what he did this year, anything close. Did you, I mean, what were your Burrow expectations, at least coming off of the torn ACL and MCL and whatever else? Let's put it this way. I mean, I was in 17 leagues this year. I had Burrow in maybe one or two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it just, it wasn't super optimistic uh, because of the line. Uh, it was more the line that, and, and of course, yeah, there is, you know, growing pains of coming back from an ACL uh, and MCL. Uh, but, you know, I knew the line wasn't very good. It still wasn't very good. He got sacked 51 times in the regular season. I, I think that stat's been repeated maybe a, a time or 17,000 times in the playoffs, but that's okay. Uh and he'd been able to overcome it anyhow, which is the crazy thing. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it worked. He was so good in the pocket, too. He wasn't running much, but he was just, you know, he, he, the special movements like a, a veteran seasoned quarterback, which I did not expect from a year two Burrow. I know he came out a little yeah. older. He came out older as a prospect. I think he was 23, yeah. 24. And hey, it. it it worked out. He was, he's very worthy of the number one overall selection. And I, I think people are sick of us talking about football on this baseball pod. So we're going to, sure. we're going to move on a little bit, uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, make sure to go to rotoballer.com for all of your fantasy sports needs, whether that be football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, MMA, video games, doesn't matter if you want it. We got it over at rotoballer.com. Make sure to check out our premium passes. Use promo code Kev K E V at checkout for 10% off for all of your DFS weekly fantasy sports season-long tools, anything you need, get it at rotaballer.com. And Jeff, I mean, we're doing an episode this year's blank. It's a very simple thought process. We're seeing it all over Twitter. This year's Cedric Mullins. This year's Robbie Ray. This year's et cetera, et cetera. So, I I mean, how do you feel about all of this discussion? Like, just as a primer, do, do you ever, I mean, you've been playing for a couple decades now. 
Yeah. Are there often this year's blanks or is it just some different iteration of it? I think it's a great construct to just organize players. Um, I don't think it's entirely predictive, but you know, it's fun to think of it that way. I think, like you said, this is light and fun. Um, and you try to find similarities and yeah, it's, it's usually not a perfect overlap, but sometimes you see it. I've been playing for like 30 years, almost Kevin. I've been Jeez. doing this. <laughs> I, I started, I started Roto news which the precursor to Rotowire in 1997 with Peter Shanky and her bill. So I've been doing this for a living, you know, somewhat of a living for 25 years. And I was obviously playing leagues before that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's wild to see that there, but, uh, it's fun. It, it's a fun way to organize and it, you know, it just helps us talk about a couple of players we like or dislike. Absolutely. And I want to start this off this year's Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr. First round pick this year coming off of a season where, you know, the expectations were always there. It's not like he's a yeah. nobody. I mean, he's a Vlad Jr. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Of, yeah, we get that. We get the point. But he was drafted in the fourth, sometimes fifth round last year. I think a couple people reached in the third and 15 team leagues, but that's few and far between. Mm-hmm. How were you feeling on Vlad Jr. last year? And who is your Vlad Jr. for this year, if there is one? Again, I think that should be prefaced for every question. Is there one, and who is it? So let's go first last year. I got a story to tell. TGFBI, rumor has it you did well in there. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. In my league, fifth round, I'm drafting out of the two spot. He's sitting there. I'm debating between him and Luke Voigt. And I decided to go Luke Voigt for reasons. This is the dangers of using projections in your, you know, doing using projections for drafting and using last year's stats to build your projections instead of trying to find what the actual word the word is comes from projection. You're trying to look forward, trying to see that, you know. And everybody knows the talent that Vlad had. You saw the spring training he was starting to get. Now TGFBI, we drafted kind of early. Later in draft season, there was no way you get Vlad that late. But at that point, I had my chance, and my team was competitive. But oh man, oh man, if I had Vlad instead of Vlad. How, how much better would it have been? I mean, I, I probably would have won my league, but I didn't. Um, so with that caveat in mind, I'm looking for the next year's Vlad. I think it's like, I really want to find it. I think everybody's obvious answer to this one's going to be Wander Franco. Uh, I, I think almost everyone will see that stud prospect, held his own, didn't dominate, uh, but, you know, was very, very good. I'm probably not going to go with that. I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. I'm going to say Andrew Vaughn. Uh, oh. Another Another guy that maybe he doesn't go the same heights of Vlad, but I think he takes a leap this year. Another guy that A, held his own. B, he was playing out of position last year. C, he was getting jerked around by Tony La Russa, which that light might be a feature, not a bug, that third factor there, but we'll see. But I think there's a lot of projection there. This is a guy that is a stud, was a stud in college, was the top hitting prospect coming out of, uh, top college hitting prospect coming out of the draft. He's got a full year. He, he, he's gone through the ringer. Now he's ready to really contribute. And I think, you know, he, you can get him in the 200s and he's going to be a top 75 to 100 player. I am with you on targeting Vaughn. I, I've been targeting Vaughn. I've done about five drafts now thus far on NFBC. And, you know, it, it's very reasonable to take him outfield eligibility, potentially first base eligibility, eligibility coming mid season. They probably DH Abreu and uh, have Vaughn, you know, he played 15 games at first base last year. So I can see that moving around. He had one at second base, third base, two appearances, right field, left field, 
I think with Eloy and everybody healthy, it's going to be, or Robert too, actually, they're going to play. It's going to be outfield and first base for Vaughn with DH mixed in. And yeah, you're right. He didn't play much 2019. We got a small ish sample. Look at him when he was drafted 2020, very minimal. And then I mean, not actually not minimal, nothing at all, because we don't have stats on 2020 for Andrew Vaughn, but last year right. came up and he hit well. He hit well, a 21.5% K percentage, 8.7% walk, 235 average, but, you know, 271 BABIP, a little low for a guy like him who, you know, 120, 1.22 ground ball to fly ball. I think he could get the BABIP up. I think he could hit 260-ish. I don't really see him as this year's Vlad. I think he could be what Vlad was early in his career, which is a very good hitter, but not elite elite. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think he has That's no season. slight. I agree with you on that. I, that's and, no slight. That's like... <laughs> And the, the thing is, it's, you know, trying to fit, like, this is where, like, it's not a perfect one-to-one fit for this category. I'm just talking about a guy, year two, year three, that can take the leap. That's more what I'm mm-hmm. looking at here. Obviously, I don't think he's got the same sort of ceiling, but I do think he's going to be much better than he was last year. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm way with you on that. Like, I literally have Vaughn several places, like I said. Have you started drafting, by the way? Yeah, I've done, uh, I think, Four NFBC 50s, plus I did the XFL auction, which is a keeper slash dynasty back in December. So uh, going to jump in, you know, TGFBI starts soon. I got mm-hmm. a mixed labor on the 22nd of February, and I'm going to do a DC probably starting Wednesday this week. Today and tomorrow, super busy media-wise. So I'll, I want to make sure I'm, when I start it, I want to be on it. But, you know, especially because I don't want to do a four-hour one. I'd rather do a one or a two-hour one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I, I get a little impatient. I can imagine it's, it's rough having to wait for those four hours. Like you wake up, like we're on the West coast. So, you know, you wake up, you think it's your turn to pick again and you're an entire round away. Yeah. Or, but the the downside of the one hour one is okay. I'm 12 picks away. I can go to bed. I'll be fine. No, it's gone auto for a pick of me, you know, and, and I don't even get up that late. Kev. I have kids. So I'm up by like six, six fifteen every day, but yeah. uh, still uh, you get caught in that sometimes too. Absolutely. And uh, just to just to give my two cents, it's actually a teammate of Andrew Vaughn that I do see as this year's Vlad and not a, a cheaper version. I think he could be this year's Vlad and that's Eloy Jimenez. I did mention him earlier based on him being healthy. He tore his pectoral last year, completely, completely made his stats for the season wonky relative to his first two seasons. He didn't play a game until mid-June or no, not even mid-July. Sorry. It was late July, July 26th, his first game of the season. And if you look at his numbers relative to not only his major league numbers, but his minor league numbers as well, this isn't the same hitter. Babbitt was down. ISO was down. Strikeout rate was the same. Walk rate was the same. But, you know, plate discipline is one thing. The way he hit the ball was completely different. And this was in year three. I don't think we got mm-hmm. a clean look at Eloy. We are in the midst of a full-on breakout to what could be in a healthy season. I know he's had some injury issues throughout his career, but if you look at his ISO first two years, average around 275 to 80, this could well be this year's Vlad. And he's 25. He's not even that old. I mean, not that he would be that old. He was just a prospect not that long ago, but he has all the tools, 80 grade raw power, 70 grade game power, 55 hit. Like, you know, Andrew Vaughn could hit for a higher average, but I think Eloy's power is what could mimic Vlad's. Uh, how do you feel about Eloy this year? Uh, do you see an injury risk or do you see him well worth his ADP, which is just around Vlad too. Eloy is going roughly ADP around 60. That's late fourth, early fifth round. 
Yeah, I like that price. If he, if and when we ever get a spring training, I'm going to be looking for some of those best shape of his life sort of uh, reports. And if I, if that happens, man, I'm all over because I do think conditioning is an issue for him uh, mm -hmm. a little bit there. Uh, and I think it affects how he plays the outfield and he, he wants to play the outfield. He doesn't want a DH, uh, but he does cause harm to himself and others when he plays defense. So he needs to, uh, you know, get a little in better condition. But aside from that, I mean, the, 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 the raw skills, the hitting skills are just peak. And it's just a question of him maintaining. He's not going to run. We know that. That's one thing that – so he needs to absolutely rake to be justify the price and the possible upside. But, hey, we're seeing Vlad go in the first round now, and it's, it, it's worth it. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I like that selection. I, boy, that, that White Sox lineup is going to be fun to watch mm -hmm. yet again this year. Absolutely. I mean, just stack your socks. It does. I mean, Vaughn, Eloy, doesn't matter. I think, you know, we're, we're not far off on the, we're on the same path here. We're just on a little different, a bit of a trail, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, Eloy for me, I look at him, I look at his first two years, again, the, the raw power, the power that he showed is demonstrably better than what Vlad showed in his first two seasons. So it, it could even get better. That's not impossible, right? For a 25 year old. Not at all. Not, not impossible at all. And uh, you know what? I think, you know, we used to talk about peaks and how they've shifted earlier in players' careers. It always used to be age 27, 28. Uh, for overall peak, it's still probably earlier, but power peaks mm -hmm. are still coming later in ages. So, yeah, still could be coming. Absolutely. Yeah. So Eloy for me, Vaughn for you. But again, no wrong answer here. I don't think either of us really went crazy but here's one that could get a little controversial this year's robbie ray now robbie ray <laughs> i mean did you see this coming give me an honest answer i'm not gonna i'm not gonna oh, beat you up if you don't i'm gonna be i'm gonna i did the exact opposite i was hashtag never robbie ray i actually said never robbie ray it was my third worst call in the history you know it actually might be my worst call <laughs> i was about to say what's the first two if that's well the there, no i was kind of using a waltonism there but uh you know what it, it that was right up there with Rick Porcello has no upside right before the, the year before he won the Cy Young. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty good at whiffing on pitchers with, and whiff being the operative term here. Uh, I think I have an idea that everyone is going to say Dylan Cease for this, uh, okay. you know, because it fits the profile really strikes guys out 30%, 30 plus 30% plus strikeout rate, but has to cut down on the walks. So that's always the, but has to cut down on the walks. If you really want to fit that sort of profile, Cease fits that he, he, you know, extreme strikeout pitcher just has to take the next step. Um, I think it's possible. Um, I'm not going to be banging the drum as loudly for him as others might. Uh, I also think Blake Snell fits this. I think okay. people are kind of writing off Blake Snell, but if you notice the last two months of the season, he tightened up his uh, pitch mix and had some pretty darn good results. Uh, especially if you exclude, you know, solve, <clears throat> you know, solve for not having course field. Uh, I, I think I might go back to the well of Blake Snell. Okay. Yeah. Blake Snell is an interesting case because uh, yeah, he, he fits that profile. He's a lefty too. So that's very, um, <laughs> I don't know. Th those correlations often happen where like this year's blank has to be the same handedness as the last guy, which, you know, it's kind of arbitrary, but at the same time, I uh, Snell fits my big uh, issue with Snell is his health. Um if I recall correctly, he had the PRP injection early last year and that kind of threw off his season. But again, you mentioned he tightened it up, but my fear with Snell is though that elbow injury could pop back up. He absolutely sure. looked great at the end of the year. I think he was one of the best pitchers for the last two months, maybe 
something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, Cease, I, I feel weird throwing him in this bucket because Cease is someone who, I mean, he pitched well last year. So I feel like Robbie Ray, but this year's Robbie Ray has to be someone who, you know, had a four plus ERA, which Snell, I, I feel like Snell's the better call for that. So that's a good one. Cease, he broke out technically, wouldn't you say? He had that three, nine, one. Yeah, he had, he had a breakout, but it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, it, it was, you want it wasn't consistent, it wasn't no. season long, but I think there's another level. I guess that okay. would be the argument in favor of him. Absolutely, uh, I definitely can see that happening. He has the talent by all means, and the again, the whites. We're stacking our socks here. We, I think every answer we're gonna have is a white sock. I player. know. Was yeah, it, was no. this your guy or, or no, did you no, have no, somebody no. else? No, I have uh, I have someone else in mind, and you know. I, I'm torn because I discussed this on the Draft Champions podcast with uh, Zach Waxman, Frank Amarante, and Fantasy Central One, uh, Micah, uh, my boy. And I I had three guys, and it's tough to cut it down to one. But I, man, this is, this is a brutal one because, you know, this year's Robbie Ray, there probably isn't. I feel like that's the best answer. There isn't this year's Robbie mm-hmm. Ray. But if it's going to be anyone – Someone who's disappointed us in the past but shown flashes. I, I think it's going to be Andrew Heaney. That's my safest bet. Someone I'm willing to take the highest of sorts. And it's just because he's going to an organization like the Dodgers who notoriously are great with pitching. You know, they can find what works and just make you stick to it. Um, he was traded midseason from the Angels to the Yankees. That was a shit show. But we also saw Sonny Gray struggle with the Yankees a couple years ago. Oh, I mean, yeah. He, he went to the Reds, a smart organization. Not to say the Yankees are a dumb organization, but they think money just solves all their problems, which no, it's credit to them, it works. But I don't think the Yankees are a smart organization in the sense, I mean, the smartest organization, at least. I think the Dodgers are one of the smartest. The Reds, a couple for a couple of years when they got um, the driveline guys in there, they were doing great stuff with the pitching. Um, the Angels obviously struggled with their pitching development for years. They had Andrew Heaney for nearly half a decade, or more than half a decade. So Heaney has the strikeout stuff. He has the K to walk percentage, K minus walk percentage throughout his career. It's been like 20%, um, or at least the past few years, it's hovered around there. I'm I'm willing to just jump on where his ADP is. It's around where Robbie Ray was last year. Um, past pick 300, I believe. Yeah, that's where Robbie Ray was going. And he went to the Toronto Blue Jays, which, I mean, did you think the Toronto Blue Jays were one of the savvier organizations of the league when it came to pitching prior to last year? No. I was no. not. I did not. No. Um, and, you know, it, it certainly didn't, uh, you know, it, it, it uh, you know, they, they talked, they were excited. Remember how quickly they re-signed Robbie Ray. And they, they traded for him in 2020. And they, they clearly saw something and they thought like, they saw that they could, they thought they could fix him. Um, and sure enough, whatever they saw worked. And yeah. so, yeah, good on them for seeing that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, it shows that there is still a big knowledge gap in what we know on the developmental side of things. We can all look at certain predictive stats and uh, you know, or look at stats, think they might be predictive, even though it's things that they've done in the past. But actually looking at a pitcher's mechanics, looking at certain ways he throws a pitch, seeing that, that that's some people are blessed with that and gifted with that. Others, I mean, I, I think it's just a big black box for us right now. And I think Ray's a great example. Yeah. I mean, again, probably not this year's Robbie Ray. But my thing with Heaney is I think he could get back to like 
high three, low four ERA with yep. with a great K percentage. Sorry, I had to stumble over my words there. But a couple wins playing on the Dodgers. They don't have. I mean, you're uh, you've been following the Dodgers decently for a while since you live in LA. Um, obviously, you do all this as your job, but at the same time, you know they don't have the deepest uh, starting rotation right now, do they? It's Urias, Bueller, Consulant. I think I'm not 100 percent sure on that. And then Heaney's probably the SP4 there. No. Yeah, I, I don't think they're done. You know, I think we'll see like after the lockout. Uh, which, by the way, might be a while. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I, I think that they're they're gonna they have to get at least one more arm. I mean, I think they 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 knew that too. I mean, the problem is they got all these guys trying to come back from injuries. You know, what's gonna happen with Dustin May? What's gonna happen with Gonsolin, like you talked about? Caleb Ferguson missed a full year. David Price, can he ever start again? Uh, they've got all these weird question marks, and then that doesn't even address what happens with Trevor Bauer. I don't think Bauer pitches for the Dodgers ever again. He may pitch somewhere again, but I don't think it's going to be on the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. And you know, they, then they have to decide, do they, are any other pitching prospects ready there? You know, they had all these, de- all this depth for years. The question is, do they still have that sort of depth going forward? Uh, the problem with the Dodgers is they don't have the top end talent in their minors anymore. They have a bunch of good prospects. They don't have great prospects right now. Right. And, you know, that's not a bad problem. You don't hate it when you have good players. And, you know, I follow Dodgers decently. I have like Pepio, Bobby Miller. They have a couple of other guys that like can step up. You know, they've drafted like Landon Knack. But my issue is maybe these guys are like trade pieces for a starter. And mm-hmm. the reason I bring up Heaney is because they paid him too. Eight and a half million dollars is a lot. And there's some incentives on the contract contract too. So. Yeah, I think I think he's been health like he has weird nicks and bruises, but mm-hmm. he's pitched a decent amount throughout the past four years. 180 innings, 95.1, 66.2 in a shortened season, 192, 129.2 in a season where he was just a mess. So if he stays healthy, if he's competent, I think the Dodgers make him go like five innings per game. And he pitches well enough that he sticks in the rotation, and that's you know the closest thing to what I can call a, a Robbie Ray, but yeah. something that might be even harder because this is maybe the most difficult thing to call is this year's Cedric Mullins. Yeah. I don't think there is a Cedric Mullins, but you're looking for a power speed combo. Um, and let's obligatory hat tip to Justin Mason for being all over him. I mean, I think we got to always say that anytime Mullins name comes up, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's required by the, the industry, <laughs> but um <laughs> Otherwise, you have to pay a royalty fee and maybe even still. Uh, anyhow, I did PitchCon uh, on Friday night, did a panel with Christopher Weber and Mike Gianella, uh, you know, Christopher Weber from uh, Pitcher List and Mike Gianella from Baseball Prospectus. And our panel was trying to find value 300 uh, after ADP 300. And I'm going to give uh, Christopher credit for Bradley Zimmer because that's the guy I'm kind of looking at for this spot here. Power speed combination, going super late. Uh, I think playing time is going to be there. He's just got to stay healthy. Of course, we said that about Grady Sizemore forever, too. But I kind of think he's like the next Grady Sizemore in terms of skills and in organization, obviously. And I think the defense keeps him in that lineup. And I think he gets time to, to build on that profile. You know, Christopher is all over him. I'm sold. I think that's a guy I want to target a lot. Yeah. No, Bradley Zimmer is very much so. I feel like he's been around a lot longer than Cedric Mullins too. Like, I feel like his Cedric Mullins year, I feel everybody's been calling it for years now, but again, you mentioned he has the talent by all means. It's just kind of the strikeout rate. It's his health. 
more than anything, he just hasn't been able to stay on the baseball field. <laughs> and that's, you know, availability is the best ability, but 15, st- 15 stolen bases last year, 18 as a rookie. We know he could do it. And he had 15 and 348 plate appearances, eight home runs as well. So, yep. I mean, double that essentially in a full season, if he stays healthy, that's this year's Cedric Mullins, essentially, even though it comes with a lower average. Like, are you comfortable having him in your lineup every day with like a 220 average? Is that really as damaging as you think it is? I mean, what, what is the, I feel like 220 is pretty bad, but like, yeah, it is, it it is really bad. But my my point being is if you look at, I I did a targets article uh, earlier for hitters. I still got to finish my pitchers one, keep talking about it, but then haven't finished it yet. But uh, for category targets, I did, I did for, uh, for hitters and, you know, batting average is as low as it's ever been in baseball. Uh, It's really remarkable how low batting average is. So you know, the problem is 220 is like maybe like his 40th percentile. It might not even be that low. It could be, could be higher, you know, it could be uh, even lower, but we'll see. But main, if you did the main event last year, 80th percentile batting, which was only 261, 50th percentile was 255, 256, really. So point is and that, you know. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 220 is only 35 points below that. It's not going to destroy you. 190 will destroy you. And that's still possible, too. Uh, but if he hits 190, is he going to get 500 plate appearances? Probably not. No. Then again, arguing that a guy's going to get less playing time is never a thing in your favor. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so th- there's obvious risk, but that's the whole point. That's why he's going in the 300s, and that's why that's why we're trying to mine for it. And, you know, Mullins wasn't going that late last year, but he was going late. No one was really buying. You know, no one not named Justin Mason was <laughs> paying like a top 100 price for him. Yeah. I mean, looking at Cedric Mullins, he hit 291 last year and that was coming off a 271 season. So, uh, I mean, by all means, the counting stats matter more than anything. So I'm not trying to discredit Zimmer here whatsoever. I'm just saying, you know, the bat's a little uh, volatile, but absolutely. If he plays, he's going to accumulate those stats. Um, His X stats, his power should have been a little higher and he still hit those eight home runs. So say, I, I think he's very capable of going like a 20, 30 if he plays all year. Whereas, you know, Cedric went like 30, 30 again, Probably not, probably not getting that from anybody uh, in the MLB. Um, I've been looking and, you know, it's very hard to just knock down one guy, but I'm going to go with another injury risk. Uh, Someone who I trust with their bat. I think their average can be fairly high if they play every day, but um, actually was discussed by Frank Amarante on his page today. It's Nick Senzel, uh, Sandy Reds outfielder, constantly injured. I think feel like you are fairly well-versed in Nick Senzel. 
Uh, he would watch him on the Reds. You see him pretty often, but you know, he has the batting profile. He literally was one of the top prospects in baseball coming out, uh, high expectations, just questions about, can he stay on the field? You look at his X stats last year. Incredible. I don't know how much you put, how much weight you put into them, but in his smallish sample of 124 plate appearances, he should have had a, not should have, but his X batting average was 310. X slug was 438. So that's awesome. Sure. Uh, he put up some steals, only two, but as a rookie, he had about 14 and 414 plate appearances, 12 home runs. Again, last year, the power should have been more. He plays in an incredible home park. Nick Castellanos is gone. There's not really anybody blocking Senzel if he's healthy. I just think if he plays, he's going to perform. And I mean, he's safe all across the board. It's just uh, his health. Uh, how do you feel about him? Boy, I want to talk about a guy that was mismanaged uh, coming up as a prospect. Is he a shortstop? Is he a third baseman? Is he an outfielder? Is he a second baseman? What is it? We don't know. We're going to keep moving. We spent the second overall pick on him, but we're going to ju- just jerk him around everywhere anyhow because it fits our needs at the big league level. Come on. You know, let a guy just develop. I mean, that was that's part of it there. And then obviously he's been super unlucky health-wise. Uh, only 36 games last year. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he struggled. In fact, when he, he came back, when he first came, well, when he was about to come back, the Reds had actually optioned him to AAA Louisville. You know, this is because they, you know, they had seen what he had done on his rehab assignment. Turns out he wasn't fully healthy after that. So the option was rescinded, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a real problem, but I, I just don't think he's ever gotten like treated the way a prospect of his ilk should be treated. And I fear that they're going to trade him on 50 cents on the dollar and it'll blossom elsewhere you know, kind of like a la Edwin Encarnacion or, yeah. like, or, or what they did to the Indians uh, when they, you know, they grabbed Brandon Phillips for nothing. Uh, and it turned out he had a, a lot left in the tank. Just let him play. Just let him play. And I, given the lack of offseason acquisitions with Castellanos gone, as you alluded to, opportunity should be there, uh, especially if there's the universal DH. Uh, that, then I, that makes it even easier to play him, put Winker in the, at DH where he really, really should be. And that, that, that opens up a lot of opportunities, but he's just got to get out there. He's just got to play. Uh, and that's what worries me. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Can he play uh, the man, uh, your manager? I believe it was David Bell stated uh, on September, in September, early September, it was uh, Senzel went for another option on his knee and it's going to take a while before Senzel is fully healthy. So this is a major risk you're taking in your drafts. I was lucky enough in an early draft to get him in the second to last round. That's sure. a bet I'm fine with taking, but he- oh, of course, it costs you nothing, yeah. Literally nothing. I took him when it was just, you know, middle relievers who maybe could get two saves on the year we're going. But Senzel, 464 ADP as of right now. Bradley Zimmer, 499.9, so let's say 500. But um, looking at it, these players are priced around the same point. They're both- in contention for this year's Cedric Mullins in that they could be multi-category contributors who are really cheap. And, yep. you know, the, the risk is injury. Cedric Mullins wasn't an injury risk, but this is kind of, this is the game we play. You know, you're not, it's not going to be so clear. Maybe someone else is, but I feel like these are the two best options, right? Yep. Yep. There we go. Okay. Moving on this year's, oh boy, this is a fun one. This year's Dylan Bundy. Now, this is a pitcher. I, I'm going to preface this with this is a pitcher in the top 100 coming off of a career year, the year before, who is going to disappoint us in 2022. 
now. Um, it doesn't have to be top 100, top 100. You could top 120, top 25 is fair. I'm not going to like reprimand you for throwing someone in, but who is this year's Dylan Bundy to you, Jeff? I've got a little bit someone under after 100. So why don't you go first? I'm going to make, see if I can, uh, I've got, I've got, I see if I can pivot to a different option, but uh, go ahead and tell me yours first. Okay, you want to hear my uh, quote? Your ticking unquote, time bomb. <laughs> my ticking time bomb. Well, I, actually, I have several ticking time bombs, so I don't know if that necessarily um, that necessarily counts the same because, sure. oh boy, Ugh, man, there there are so many options. The problem is, you know, you're. I've been. Uh, I've been off of DeGrom, but that's mainly for injury issues, not really skill issues. And I, you know, I'm going to be really honest. I was on Dylan Bundy last year. I thought he turned a corner. I thought the Angels getting him out of uh, Camden Yards fixed him to a certain extent. And that was kind of, uh, kind not just kind of, that was very disappointing <laughs> because we obviously all saw how that went. Um, yeah, so this year's Dylan Bundy of sorts. And Dylan Bundy did have an injury issue that came up, but I'm going to say this year's Dylan Bundy is Carlos Rodon. Now, okay. this is unfair to Carlos because he has, I'd say, he's better than Dylan Bundy. Both of them, though, were first or top five picks. Bundy went fourth overall in his draft about like almost 10 years ago. Rodon went third overall in 2014. Now, Rodon, we know, had an incredible season 2.37 ERA, 3.17 XFIP, Sierra around 2.96. That's inc- like these numbers are awesome. They're better than Dylan Bundy put up, but Dylan Bundy had good peripherals too. His numbers were pretty much backed up. So whatever, you know, his uh 3.29 ERA, he had a 3.75 XFIP, 3.02 XERA, uh his uh Sierra 3.8, which uh, not as good as Bundy, uh, not as good as Rodon. Right. But a good season. You were just like, okay, this isn't a fluke. This isn't a 4.54 Sierra or some shit. It was legitimate. Rodon has health issues. He ended the season with another injury. I believe he didn't p- pitch in the postseason. I think he was trying to come back. He didn't get a chance to. He pitched only 132.2 innings. The numbers look great, but if he did end the season with another injury, I just don't know how we buy back in. Yes, his velocity was at a career high, but we've seen this dog and pony show with Rodon time after time again, where he flashes, then he gets hurt again, and it's always the shoulder. He's had surgery for it, but if it actually did pop up again, I'm worried. He's had an incredible season, but it might be a little while until we get another one of these. Um, How do you feel about that, and who would your um, this year's Dylan Bundy be? I think it's very telling that uh, the White Sox didn't even give a tender offer to Rodon, so they couldn't. So they, you know, which would have allowed them to get the draft pick if he signed elsewhere. They didn't want to be on the hook for even one more year for him. Which, frankly, it seems crazy. But the fact that they didn't do that, either they're hella cheap, which Jerry Reinsdorf probably they are, uh, or they're just they, they 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 see that as a big problem. I have two guys. One's health base, and that's Lance McCullers. Uh, I. I, I'm just, I'm super scared of going back to the well with him. I know his velo- he maintained his velocity over the course of the season, and this was his first full season, you know, full out season since coming back from TGS. But I, I'm just really afraid. I hated what seeing what happened to him in the playoffs. I'm kind of running away from him at his current ADP. But that's more like 150, 160. I'll tell you the other guy I'm a little worried about is Tyler Malley. And maybe okay. this is a self-hating red span thing. But, <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> uh, yes. Right. Uh, I think this, he's coming off a career year. Uh, you know, he, he got the big jump in the innings 
180 innings last year, 210 strikeouts, 33 starts. That's great. K percentage started to dip a little bit. But the big red flag here is he can't pitch in this ballpark. He has a huge home road split, 563 ERA at home. Opposing hitters hit 270, 344, 511 with 19 homers, a great American. I hate not being able to use my pitcher in, my, in his home park. There's <laughs> yeah. usually a huge advantage to home home field starting pitchers. And that's you know when you're chasing wins in your fantasy league, that's huge. And I, you know, I, I think this team's not going to be as good, so he's not going to get as much run support this year. Uh, and I think, you know, he, he's more like a mid fours sort of ERA than a 3.75 sort of guy. Uh, and I, I, he's going around pick 100. I'm just not going to be there for that. Uh, okay. I'll keep him in my keeper leagues. I'll happily hold on to him, but I'm not going to go out there and, and redraft. I'm not going to go out there and reach for him at that price. I know we're all chasing those beautiful K's 210 strikeouts last year. We all want that, but I think it comes with a pretty big cost. You know, what's big for the reds that I just noticed. And I did not pay attention to whatsoever. What's losing that? Tucker, losing Tucker Barnhart framing. Yep. Yep. He was seventh in runs extra strikes whatever this rating is by Statcast. this is catcher framing leaderboard he was seven the detroit tigers got him i i think we should be targeting tigers pitchers they have a better absolutely hundred percent agree i'm actually I, I this is just the thing this is like you know light clicked on my head right now that i just realized but with mally um i do like mally a good bit you're right though his career numbers home away are atrocious it's not just last year it's right. just a consistent problem. But, you know, as much as losing Barnhart sucks, I do think them shifting away from Eugenio Suarez at shortstop should help them too. So that is also true, especially when Malley gave up a 40, had a 42% ground ball rate last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2019, it was 47%. There's that little sandwich in 2020 where he cut down on the ground, ground balls a ton. Uh, I'm not sure, but that's also a 60 game sample. So I don't know how meaningful that really truly is, but uh Anyway, I, I just I'm probably <laughs> staying away from him at the price, and that's that's kind of the the lesson there. There's other pitchers in that range where I'm like, eh, is it Tyler Malley or is it Blake Snell right next to each other? I'll take Blake yeah. Snell. Probably take Pablo Lopez, although I have concerns about the shoulder. That that worries me some. Yeah, Pablo, I'm I'm very much in on because the shoulder, it's not currently an issue he came back healthy at the end of the season i haven't heard any issue with the shoulder since mm-hmm. so i'm just happy that he's healthy now and he's pitched 100 innings or so every year every one of the past five seasons outside of the short season so you know i think you get some innings out of it and he's a good enough pitcher that i mean those innings he'll make count or at least he's transitioned into one but back to mali for a second because you know i'm i was in on him last year and i'm very i was very happy to be I didn't actually even notice that home road slip because, you know, just, you know, you're not going to not start a guy who's pitching as well as he did 3.75 ERA K rate as good as it was last year. But I mean, he's entering his sixth season. He's arbitration eligible. He's a free agent in two years, any chance they trade him. And you'd be obviously interested in him if there is any trade rumors. No. Sure. Of course. Uh, there's a chance they trade anybody. I mean, it, it, He's got so little experience, though, that he's not expensive. I mean, that's the thing that works in, in, in his favor in, in staying. But uh, at the same time, I mean, if they're talking about possibly trading Castillo, they could trade Mally too, if there's the right right price. But he's not expensive. So they're going to be looking to shed the guys that are more expensive. I mean, he only made $2.2 million last year. So 
mm-hmm. and for a team shedding payroll, you know, he, he's a huge bargain. They'd have to get a huge windfall for that, I would think. So I doubt they trade him. Absolutely. Yeah. Castillo, they seem to be wanting to keep Gray is the one. I mean, Gray's older. He's on a non, you know, that non-rookie scale contract or whatever sure. it is for. But yeah, Mali is coming up. And if they do struggle, maybe midseason, he's one of those second half risers. Maybe go buy him for like right before July or so. That could be the move. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm not drafting Tyler Mali, even though he was a target of mine last year. But okay. Last but not least the last little this year's blank and that's this year's mark melanson now we saw mark melanson last year come up he was one of the league leaders in saves which not many saw drew Drew pomeranz was going before him in adp emilio pagan was going before him in adp but Mm -hmm. melanson came in this guy yeah 39 (laughs) 39 saves that was the fourth the third most excuse me third most of his career it's been around since 2009 and he had a very good season by all accounts. Even his peripherals were pretty good. So what is your lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office more than once. Actually. Do I have to say yes, you do in the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take on Melanson this year, and who is Mark Melanson for 2022? I mean, Well, he's on a bad team, but he's the undisputed closer on a bad team, on a team that struggled to find someone all year last year. So Arizona should give him all their whatever save opportunities they have. Um surprisingly awful team last year i didn't think they'd be that bad but uh so he I, yeah I'll, I'll be happy to roster him and you're getting him at a discount compared to other closers and yeah i'm sure you've been seen seen and been involved in a lot of the closer discourse uh on twitter so far in draft season so far and it's just getting crazy how much they're getting pushed up uh so yeah he's kind of a safe harbor i struggle with this question to find the next uh melanson but i i decided on chris stratton for the pirates I think, and the analog is younger, good skills pitcher is getting drafted ahead of him, but Stratton had eight saves, most of them late last year. You know, I, I, you know, I think he may close ahead of Bednar who they might want to use in seventh and eighth innings. Uh, And maybe they flip, they want to flip Stratton at the deadline because that seems like something Mm -hmm. the Pirates want to do. I don't think he's got great skills, but neither did Melanson. And he's the the veteran type of guy that managers seem to like, and you're getting him in the 400s. Um, so I've been finding myself rostering him. I don't, you know, I you could get a stranglehold on the uh, Pirates uh, closers if you want by getting both <laughs> of them, but uh, yeah. which actually, if you're looking for two and a half closers, which is usually the rule of thumb for our leagues in 12 and 15 team leagues, uh, you could do worse. That 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 constitutes a half closer. You just have to have them active in the right week. That's the tricky part. But I, I found that stat. I like going for like the the second guy of the two guys getting drafted in these job battles sometimes, and see, hope that you hit on one of them. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, Stratton's a good choice. I'm I'm over Stratton, not over him, but like I'm drafting him wherever I can because he's so cheap. Stratton's yeah. literally. Uh, I'm looking at him right now. He's five thirty three in ADP. Might as well cheap guy. They could flip at the deadline gets you 15 saves. You're that's money. That's literally the definition of a great pick. 
15 saves. That's huge. But um, yeah, Bednar, I believe he had the job and then lost it when he got hurt and Stratton came in and took right. over. Was that the case? So my one trepidation is they gave it to Bednar first last year, but again, it's a new season. They can change their uh, philosophy. Stratton could be the guy. My only issue with him being this year's Melanson is he doesn't really have a history of closing games. True. Uh, he's kind of been a starter converted to reliever and he's good. I, I think he's, that's why I'm drafting him. He's skilled. He's good. He's not incredible kind of jaggy, but sometimes jaggy works for the ninth inning. You get guys like Dylan yeah. Floro last year, close some games. And I, I'm not going to say Floro is my Melanson this year, but um, my Melanson is Diego Castillo. Now, Castillo's not as old. He's 28 years old. He's been in the league only four years. This is his fifth. But mm-hmm. he, he's been a closer in and out of games since 2019. The, the Seattle Mariners traded for him to be their closer. That was the intention when trading for Diego Castillo. But he was just awful. He was completely off. He literally just... I, I think they shut him down for a little bit so he can work on figuring out whatever his pitching issue was. And I'm going to actually pick up, I'm going to get the splits here from September 4th when he returned from a two week IL stint. It was might've been a phantom IL stint, honestly. So September 4th to the end of the season, 2.13 ERA, 2.57 XFIP in 12.2 innings with 18 strikeouts. He allowed two home runs, but just two walks as well with a 1.03 whip. 310 BABIP. Left on base is a little high, but with a 30.8% K minus walk percentage. So again, 12.2 innings pitched is not much, but he is the guy they wanted to be the guy. He's going as the third reliever in ADP. Suwald and second, no, Suwald and Giles are going ahead of him. So Diego Castillo with his history of closing with his improved tweaked stuff, which he can throw 100 miles an hour essentially at times. Do you buy Diego Castillo for this year as a legit closer option? Yeah, it's just that there's four guys that are legit <laughs> options. I mean, and none of them stink. That's the problem. I mean, Ken Giles, when healthy, is really good. I saw your debate that you're having with Frank and others on Twitter about uh, the next Melanson and whether it's – and I think Frank's the one that said it was Giles, uh, which is interesting. But, you know, I've actually picked up Steckenrider in some places. Had 14 saves last year. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty good. Um, you know, and he's, he's got good skills. Seawald's got great skills, but I – I think Seawall they'd rather use as like the four to five out guy in the seventh and eighth innings. So I've been staying away from the price on Seawall, even though I think he's a very good pitcher. Uh, so I could see it. I mean, you're, you're definitely getting the right price on Castillo. It, it, it's, the, the skills are really good. Yeah, no, Castillo, again, he's going as the third guy. He is 402 in ADP, 402.8, whatever that is. It doesn't matter exactly, but he's so cheap. Very cheap. Second rider is going after him, so... You're getting an even cheaper option. It could literally be anybody. Oh, no, he's 386. But I think recent ADP has switched that. I'm looking at since October. Yeah. Nevertheless. I mean, they're, uh, they're pretty close to each other. They're, they're literally. The, you're the, getting the fear one. I have is you're getting one the of fear, them. Yeah. The fear I have is that the Mariners are now Tampa Bay Northwest. Um, mm-hmm. And that they, they don't care about your fantasy league harder than other people. Other teams don't care. Um, and they will just use anybody. And I, that's good for their team, by the way. It's, it's a smart play that anybody can close as long, and they might just go that route. They're, the Mariners' bullpen's awesome. They have a lot of depth in that bullpen. And 
it's got to be incredibly freeing to be able to say, okay, I can use this guy or use this guy as a manager, knowing that you have those options um, may not be great for the, the pitchers involved. My fear is that, you know, they got Giles with the intention of using him as a closer and maybe even flipping him or, or, or at least coming in under the guise that, all right, he's an older pitcher, you know, he must close sort of thing you know, where the other younger pitchers have to be more flexible by definition. That's the one thing I, I fear about all the, of Castillo, Steckenrider, and Stewald is that they, they might run into that a little bit. But Giles has got to prove he's healthy first before mm-hmm. we even worry about that. Of course, we need to prove that Super Volcano won't wipe out the season, let alone the str- uh, lockout here. So we'll see. I almost said strike, which has been incre- <laughs> incredibly egregiously just, wrong. I want, let's no. put this all blame on the owners, by the way. I want to make sure that's, that's clear. Uh, but we're nowhere close to coming back right now. And that's the big thing I have. And that gives that buys Giles more time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. If the season is delayed, I'd be more confident in Giles. But I mean, I have no reason to believe it's going to be delayed past like a spring training cut of one sure. or two weeks, which not really, no skin off anybody's bones, really. It's not like anybody can't practice anyway. But nevertheless, uh, Ken Giles, probably the best stuff in the pen. I think that's inarguable as of right now. But is he healthy? He's expensive. He's going top 250-ish in picks. Maybe I think top 300 actually. But he, again, he's the highest priced Mariners option. Uh, he hasn't pitched since 2020 where he pitched 3.2 innings. And he's volatile too. Like we've seen him, even though his stuff is great, he has some weird, like he has a home run issue. I believe that's one thing for, uh, I mean, you can work with that, but he has, he's walked people before, you know, his walk rate is an elite. It's about 8% ish throughout his career. So uh, as much as his stuff is great, he's coming off injury. He's a little bit wild and kind of a head case. We've seen that before now. Yeah, uh, we did, but that was like what, four years ago. Uh, when he had the anger management issues there, <laughs> I mean, we all, we all get older. Trust me. You will someday too. Uh, oh but <laughs> you're still young, but, uh, it's, I'm just being silly, but, uh, I, I know. You know, but <laughs> no, we, no, harm. no, no offense taken. Don't worry. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, I, I do think that, uh, you know, I, I I'm willing to discount that particular issue, uh, especially after coming back from a major surgery like that. I mean, he was good in Toronto. He just couldn't stay healthy. That's what, you know, they wanted to trade him the year before he actually went under the knife, but teams backed away because they saw the health profile uh, right at the trade deadline. But I mean, when healthy, he's really good. Uh, At least he was, but who knows what sort of health, what stuff he'll have when he comes back. Not every TJS is the same. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's the thing we don't know. uh, I think this goes back, not to go back to football real quick, but with Cam Akers Achilles surgery, apparently he got a, newer style of the surgery which is what can make us hopeful on players returning from those injuries like you know hopefully james robinson went through the same surgery process and it's not the old style i don't know exactly what it's called but it strengthens it it strengthens the band in your ankle whatever i i don't exactly know obviously because i'm not an actual doctor or a surgeon sorry to those Mm -hmm. who are disappointed once more but it's very possible that a newer tommy john can be beneficial to certain pitchers or it's a different style different ones again so we don't really know but i lean towards being risk averse in the sense that we haven't seen him at all maybe if he's preseason maybe i'll buy in in march in some late drafts i'll pay for it i don't mind paying for it honestly he's only gonna have to pitch like 60 innings max probably so yeah the only thing about paying for him is you and if you want to handcuff your closer this is a tough team to do that with because you Mm -hmm. have to go with four players uh, (laughs) that's 
And then sometimes there's that clear succession where it's okay, it's A or B, boom, boom, done. Same thing with running backs. You know, there's some, certain teams that are rapidly identifiable as who is the next guy in line. And there's others like, oh, we're going to throw you for this loop. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very glad you did not throw me for any loops. We were actually on the same page for the most part here, even though we had some different players. I don't think we had any demonstrable or like disagreements on these. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. And even if it wasn't like quite didn't fit the category, we both like the player. So that's always good. Yeah. We're the same team, at least with the Chicago White Sox. We love the White Sox this year. I think we could both agree. White Sox. I, 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 I'm going to call a White Sox Dodgers World Series. If a World Series does happen, if we have a season, I mean, who's your call as of right now? Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say the Dodgers for sure. I want to see more about what the White Sox are doing. Uh, I think we're going to have, yeah, I'm going to go Dodgers Blue Jays. I just, I just like what they did so far. Yeah. Gossman's a huge ad. Uh, losing Simeon is a little rough, but they have some prospects they can bring up. They have guys all over the board that they can utilize. I think they get Um, one more starting pitcher. They're in good shape. Yeah. They're bullpen. I, Yumi Garcia is a really good ad. Uh, Mary weather getting healthy, but I think they need some bullpen help too, but nevertheless, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me, my man. This has been a pleasure. I really did enjoy uh, having the thought experiment of, you know, this year's blank because you know, we saw it all over Twitter this right. week. I, I, I'm sure you've been following it. Uh, the chaos of, you know, how people are like, there's no such thing as this year's this, but I'm glad you are open to the idea that, you know, this is fantasy sports. We're allowed to have a little fun, right? Exactly. 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 Uh, you have yeah. anything cool coming up? Uh, well, I, I'm going to have that pitcher category targets article either today or tomorrow. I will finish that up. I promise uh, I, I will be a better writer today. Uh, and then, um, you know, we got all the uh, tomorrow, Fred Zinke and I are going to do uh, our first podcast together this season. So that'll be fun. Uh, James has got a couple of great sweet ones kind of lined up, including one with Rob Silver. Uh, the whole, the whole crew is going to be back this week. So Clay's going to be back. Todd Zola is going to be back all sorts of good stuff. So check that out wherever you get your podcast. We'll be talking a lot. You know, you'll hear my voice a lot. It'll be annoying, but hopefully you like it. So uh, let the people know exactly when they can find it, where they can find it. And uh, again, at Jeff underscore Eggerson on Twitter, make sure to go follow him. He's the man. Uh, yeah. So just uh, hit the, hit him with that plug real quick. Yep. Anywhere you, you can get your podcast, whether it's Apple stitch, whatever, just go to Rotowire itself. Uh, and we'll have them listed there. I'll tweet them out. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. Uh, and we, I go, we did the Sunday night one last night, Scott Jenstad and I, uh, that was always pretty well received. And then you know, we got Fred and I, we've got on Wednesdays, it's the prospect pod with James and Clay Thursday, James with Rob Silver Friday, Todd and Todd Zola and Clay Link will be doing it. So that, that, that'll get you started down that path. Jason Collette's been writing good articles for us at Rotowire, all sorts of good stuff up on the site. So check it all out. Uh, and Hey, Kev, I just had a lot of fun talking baseball with you. I, I really appreciate coming on board. Literally, it's a pleasure. Don't worry about that. It, I look forward to doing these episodes every week. I, I kind of, you know, you have these, all these episodes. I'm now, I'm like, should I, be, should I be doubling up? I feel like I'm missing out now if I'm not doing this almost every day. But no, these Monday episodes are something I look forward to. Thank you again for joining me, Jeff. Everybody make sure to go check out all those World of Wire podcasts. I, I listen to them. They're fantastic. Um, yeah, and then also, again, make sure to go to rotoballer.com for all of your fantasy sports needs, whether that be football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf. You guys get the picture. Again, promo code KEV at checkout for all of your premium content, KEV for 10% off. DFS, weekly fantasy sports, season long. It does not matter. Rotoballer.com. We got everything you need. 
Again, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Jeff for joining me. Talk to you guys next time.